Ulterior. So the other day on Twitter, uh, Return of the Mac was trending, and I didn't initially know why. Also, wasn't going to question it. Um, and then I checked it, and there was some poll on the app asking people to choose between that song and This Is How We Do It. And just in my opinion, Return of the Mac clears not only that song, but the vast majority of songs that I have talked about on this platform before in the past. So in light of all that, what I've decided to do just for the fun of it, and because it's genuinely a good fucking song, uh, Return of the Mac is going to be the intro and outro song for this episode. Again, just because I felt like it, you know, a, a good change of pace, I guess. Um, so yeah, this episode, uh, pretty sacked, honestly. So we've got new singles from the likes of Sleeping of Sirens, Maggie Lineman, Fifer King, a few of those we're going to get through, and then brand new records from Heart of Gold, Pale Waves, and the split EP between Alpha Wolf and Holding Absence. So yeah, thanks everyone. Enjoy this episode. So before I get into the content for this episode, I did want to go ahead and just briefly address the lack of an episode for last week, and it was for a, a mixture of reasons. I genuinely didn't really have the time to record, and at the same time, I was kind of... That was my cat, uh, Levi, who is walking all over my set right now. Um, what was I saying? I was pretty down last week for different stuff and i still am i always am down guys it's just you know it's the state that i'm in it's the brain that i have it is what it is it be what it be um and then also there really just wasn't a lot to talk about if i'm being honest like okay there was the uh the hot milk ep and then a holding absence song that i'm gonna get to talk about today and not really much else that i felt like super passionate to get on this microphone and talk about and if i don't feel a strong attachment to material for ulterior i i'm not going to push myself to make the podcast for the sake of it and that's something that i want to get across all of you right now and just make it clear that in the future if i feel like i don't need to make an episode i won't but otherwise i will try my very best to keep this going as a weekly format and that's where i'm going to go ahead and just cut off my rambling to go ahead and get into the music for last week the number one ranked song for Scenic Overlook came from Sleeping With Sirens and Charlotte Sands, a brand new single called Let You Down. This was actually a double single for the brand new Sleeping of Sirens album called Complete Collapse out on October 14th via Sumerian Records. And this was the song that, having looked at the tracklist for that record, I was most excited to hear because of the inclusion of Charlotte Sands. And I've gone on this spiel before on the show, guys. 
To me, Charlotte is one of the most impressive artists going today in the scene. I genuinely think that she has not missed with any of her own projects this year, whether it be the uh, Love and Other Lies EP or the uh, Hallelujah remix with Under Oath. Um, the most recent single, Roller Coaster. She is a fucking star, and I am incredibly thankful that Sleeping Sirens noticed that and went ahead and got her on Let You Down. I, I think the chorus of this track is one of the brightest spots in the last few years of Sleeping with Sirens. Um, how, you know, the first chorus you have Kellen, and then second chorus is Charlotte, and then for the final conclusion, concluding chorus, um, I'm, uh, stumbling on my words because of how much I love this song. Um, both voices come together and genuinely make this incredible, amazing, memorable moment that is going to stick with me for the rest of the year. Um, you know, this being a number one song for Cindy Overlook, it's going to be talked about again in December. And at the rate that Sibling Sirens are going, just in general with the singles rollout for Complete Collapse, they are going to potentially be a very, very um, like proudly recognized band by myself towards the end of the year because they have not missed a single fucking step with this rollout so far. I might as well go ahead and just talk about the other single while I'm at it. Control, Alt, Delete. High key about fucking time. We got Control, Alt, Delete, seeing as how... Sleeping Sirens named a whole fucking tour after the song before it was ever even released. I don't really, really understand that, but whatever. Y'all do y'all, big dogs. It's not a huge deal. Um, so there was actually a pretty huge distinction that I can point out between this song and Let You Down in the sense that Let You Down is a safe play of a single that you could imagine hearing on like Sirius XM Octane or something like that. Whereas Control Alt Delete, um, I guess if I had to describe this song in genre terms, it dabbles more so in like post-hardcore or punk rather than alternative rock. It has that kind of an aggressive tone to it. And I think it is such a high energy song that can translate really well in a live setting. And for a minute, I was having like this internal debate about whether I thought this song or Let You Down should be number one for the week. But I ultimately went with the latter because of the Charlotte feature and how crucial I think that is to what Sibling Sirens have been doing for the rollout of Complete Collapse. Um, like, not to be on some sim shit, guys, but I would take a fucking bullet for Charlotte Sands. She's great. In that same breath, I would also take a bullet for Maggie Lindemann, who's got a new single out now called Self-Sabotage. This is another single off of Sucker Punch, which is her first LP dropping on September 16th. Um, I, I don't know how much more I can say about Maggie that I haven't reiterated time and fucking time again, literally since the inception of this podcast. Um, like, the Paranoia EP was such a milestone for my decade so far in music, and the singles were all out for Sucker Punch ever since she knows it came out last October. It doesn't do anything to make me believe that this won't have the same effect on me. I think lyrically, 
self-sabotage could be the highlight of what Maggie has been doing for the album cycle so far, because there are some lines here that they don't just cut, guys. They are fucking, like, eviscerating me. I start to fall, then I cave, and I push you away. You could call it self-sabotage. I love to dig my own grave. Something wrong with my brain. You could call it self-sabotage. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I know I'm going to fuck it up with you and me. Shit's never going my way. Now I'm drowning in blame. You could call it self-sabotage. Genuinely some unreal god-tier shit going on here, and I really, really don't care if at this point it sounds like I'm just, like, I have an agenda to get Maggie over with all of you guys. She is a star, and I want to showcase stars on this shit. I guess it's time for the Fit for a King discourse, which I imagine will be very easy to navigate on social media over the next few months and not at all irritating to me in the slightest. Um, there are details out now about their new record, but before getting into all that, let me introduce our newest single called End the Other Side. The album is The Hell We Create, releasing on October 28th, um, and I want to bring some attention to the artwork for this album because I think it is fucking spectacular and legitimately could be my favorite piece of art attached to any project in music so far this year, and I'll get into the whole spiel on Fit for a King once the album is out, but I'll just say this for now because it's relevant to my points about this song. The path was fine. It wasn't good but it also wasn't the catastrophe that I, I've seen other people claim it to be. It existed, and I had no reason to be so vehemently against that sound for Favorite King, especially when that same year had Like House on Fire. But, you know, that's enough asking Alexandria's strays for right now. Um, getting it to end, it's definitely heavier for the most part than what was happening on the path, and in my opinion, better. Um I would also put this above Reaper from a few weeks ago, which I thought was a good single, but I'd be lying to you guys if I said that I've thought about it a ton since it dropped. Um, I, I love the chorus here on end. I think that giant arena rock sound for choruses is something that Fifra King have the ability to nail when they're really intent on channeling that style. Um, the breakdown at the end is cool, albeit pretty standard sounding at the same time for where the metalcore genre is at right now. And just overall, I... I would hope that people who were against the path can hear end and be connected to it because I think there's enough of like prior material from Fifer King that seeps its way into end the other side and above all above all else I'm sorry for not being able to talk it's promising it shows promise for Fifer King and I would say I'm looking forward to the new record October 28th Let me talk about the brand new Eat Your Heart Out single called 20 something This is part of the new album, Can't Stay Away, releasing on September 9th. Um, this song is really, really cool. Um, I don't think I've really gassed up Eat Your Heart Out before on this show, or if I have, I don't remember, and I probably didn't do it extensively or do the band any justice, but they're genuinely, like, really, really sick, and I've felt that way since 2017 when I first found them on Patience, which is a single off of an EP that is escaping me right now, the name of it. Um, but... 
there, there's a lot to really be excited about with Eat Your Heart Out. I think they've got a good flow going on here with 20 something. It is so like catchy and that indie pop punk style is vibrant as fuck here. Lyrically, 20 something is a song that is so easy for me to get lost in being literally 20 something right now. And it's just like such a, such a fun, quirky song, for lack of a better way of really phrasing that. And I think that's a good way to explain Eat Your Heart Out in totality. They're fun. They're quirky. They're great. They're awesome. Go check out this song. Go check out Can't Stay Away on September 9th. The final single that I will be giving its own spotlight to for this episode comes from A Marionette, and it is called Peaches. And along with this single came the announcement of the new Marionette record, Gemini, out October 21st. Um, there is so much to be looking forward to here, guys. I think Marionette is one of the most exciting bands going right now. And this album is going to be such a cool platform for them to be able to really showcase what they're able to do. Um, whatever you guys want to call Marionette's style, like uh, prog, post-hardcore, new funk, new post-hardcore, whatever the fuck this shit is. I don't fucking know, man. Um, it's amazing. It's great. It's really, really sick. I really enjoy the, just like the, the vibes and the energy that a marionette bring and how it's so easy to just, um, like be stimulated by everything happening here lyrically, instrumentally. It's a fucking trip. This song peaches and a marionette as a whole, just like, a really, really good act that needs more eyes and ears on them. I think Peaches, uh, being the opener for the album, it gives you a good indicator of what you're going to get from a marionette. So I definitely do suggest checking it out. Um, this is going to be big, I think. Not like big in the sense of like it's going to like do numbers, but like just big in the sense of like, I am very stoked for what this record can do for a marionette in the future. These were the remaining singles that I gave a 4 or a 5 to in the reviews on social media last week. Say the Phrase by 156 Silence, The Horror of Old Gods by Awaken Providence, Paradox by Aviana featuring Marcus Vick from Invent Animate, Charlie Bronson by Black Honey, Heaven's Broken Heart by Boundaries, Boy Thoughts by Dane, The Void Stares Back by Enshikari and Wargasm, Weaver by Floya, Doggy Dog by Foxlake, Another Day by Havens, Resonate by Havens, Permanent Resolution by Homesafe, Shadow by Icon for Hire, Freefall by Miss May I, Nightmares by Nola for the Middle Child, Mason and Mothica, Aries Girl by Nova Cub, 1984 by Slaughter Prevail, Hope You're Happy by Until I Wake, Fourth Love by Weeping Wound, Bitter Blossom by West Ham featuring Era, and Don't Start the Violence by Yesterday. So there were three songs that I gave a 3 out of 5 rating to, so I just kind of thought they were like whatever. Um, Foxglove through the clear cut by Death Cat for Cutie. It's, it's a spoken word track. It's kind of cool, I guess, but at the same time, it just really, really didn't do anything to excite me. Um, Hurts Like Hell by New Year's Day. It sounds fine instrumentally, but New Year's Day, I, I, I had my fix of them enough years ago. I, I don't need to hear this anymore. And then, uh, Rockstar by The Hara. This was weird because I do like The Hara, but the, like, weird, almost new metal-esque style of Rockstar, it just didn't click with me. I didn't really fuck with it, and I... It, it's a small bump in the road for the horror. I think they're actually really good, and this song is just kind of weird. 
And this wasn't factored into the singles for this week, but I wanted to at least make mention of a song that Emma Bosa from Dying Wish and Colin Young from God's Hate made for AEW star Julia Hart. It's a really, really sick fucking song and really highlights a, like, clean, symphonic style vocally from Emma. So I do encourage everyone to go check that out. And best of luck to the House of Black in the Trios tournament. So now would normally be where I get into the records, and that is what I'm going to do, but... I do have to, or I feel like I have to address this briefly. So, um, one of the albums that I, re- I reviewed last week on social media that I'm not going to be talking about in this episode is the new Royal Coda album. And I just decided I didn't really feel like talking about it ultimately because of what has, or what I perceive as having happened to Swancore following the disintegration gavin disintegration and everything that unfolded with all that shit um i i don't feel comfortable talking about any project that can even be tied back to dance gavin dance and you know maybe this is all hypocritical on my end because i did review the album on social media i did listen to it but like you know things happen days have passed my feelings have changed and I no longer want to platform anything Swan correlated on my show right now. And it's just the way it's going to be. Um, is that ever going to change? I don't fucking know, dude. Like, I, I really, really don't know. And at this point, I really don't care because it is just so tiring to see certain behavior trends and actions on social media related to the whole dance give a dance situation and you know it's just like i'm just tired i'm really really tired of it i am giving myself a break from all that you know maybe forever maybe not i really really don't know what's gonna happen guys but just for right now anything within swan core let's just kind of or let me rather just leave it to the side leave it behind and that's kind of all I really want to say about that subject. Um, just moving ahead into the records that I am going to be talking about on this episode extensively. Um, here is one that I was actually like really, really looking forward to. Beautiful Dangerous by Heart of Gold. So it's actually been a minute that I have been a fan of Heart of Gold, but uh, this is kind of embarrassing on my end. It was pretty recent that I figured out that um, Heart of Gold isn't a band. It's actually the solo project of Michael McGough, who is a member of Being as an Ocean. And it was like a real mind fuck and holy shit, I am stupid as hell moment when I realized that because his voice is like, so distinctive and like not characteristic of anybody else and i cannot believe i was able to hear heart of gold for almost three years and just not ever fucking notice that michael was the one leading this project um and i um okay let me see what i want to go with this with this review um i guess my like history with heart of gold can be traced back to a single they had in 2019 called over yourself that song to me 
I initially believe that it set this incredibly high bar for what pop-driven scene music can sound like because Over Yourself is fucking phenomenal, is amazing. I completely adore that song and it's a track that like has really been able to impact me in some ways ever since I first heard it. Like sometimes it's like a default song, like, you know, where you're like, shuffling the music you're like what do i feel like listening to and if over yourself comes up i settle on that song it is perfect in my opinion um and there's a lot that i can say about heart of golds like um the approach that or the approach that he has to music see i keep doing this shit guys i keep saying them and it's actually michael leading it um there's a lot i can say about what his approach to heart of gold is in the sense that it's very far removed from being as an ocean, and I do like that. I enjoy when somebody is able to have, you know, different avenues with different sounds. I think it's really, really cool, and he's able to do it incredibly well for, me, uh, for that matter. Um, so there was the EP Gold back in 2020. I thought it was good, and it showed a lot of potential for what Heart of Gold could eventually achieve. And then almost a year ago to the day, the first single for Beautiful Dangerous came out. It was called Headache, and Headache ended up being like a top 40 or 30 song for myself in the rankings at the end of the year last year. Headache is just, in my opinion, like the quintessential pop-driven scene song. And I know I said that about Over Yourself, but to me, Headache cleared it. And that's astonishing for me to say, given how much I liked Over Yourself. Like, it's got everything I could ask for from a song within that sector of the scene. It's catchy. It has this age and vintage vibe from, like, older pop music. Um, I, I thought it was memorable. Just really a perfect single altogether. And while... I liked the singles that came afterwards, such as Bad Habit and Bright Lights. I never felt that they reached the insane level or bar that had been set by Hedick. And having listened to the rest of the album, I stand firmly by my belief that Hedick shows Heart of Gold operating at the highest possible level. And that's not to say that there aren't moments that come close. Like, I think Patient is a really catchy and fun song with an infectious chorus that has been stuck in my head ever since I first heard it. And the same thing can be applied to a song like September Sunburn, which has a bit of a different pacing with its chorus compared to some of the other songs that I've been mentioning. But it still showcases the prowess that Michael has in crafting memorable melodies. Um, but in the midst of all that, there were some points of the record where I couldn't fully understand the creative process undertaken here like with the fact that there are three interlude tracks and two of those three sandwich leap just yet for some reason um like to me it, it just would have made more sense to have them be evenly distributed to help make the 14 track runtime a little bit easier to get through um i thought that the opening song to the blue didn't really act as like the most effective starting point in the sense that it's build up and delivery. It's like, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase it. Um, the execution of to the blue, it, it doesn't really do its job as an opener. It has the kind of tempo that doesn't complement um, other songs that act as the lifeblood of beautiful dangers, in my opinion, such as headache. Um, there's a song that comes later on in the track list called Codependent that showed potential and I, I think had the concept been handled more carefully, 
it could have been a standout of the album, but it ended up just as being like a song that I hear and I'm like, fuck, man, it, it's right there. Like, I understand what it's going for and I can see the potential end result, but it just doesn't really hit that ceiling. Um, something that is important to um, the flow of Beautiful Dangerous that I did want to point out was the closing song, Time Spent Driving. I had already said that uh, the album didn't necessarily start on the best note, so it was crucial that it ended emphatically, and I felt that it it got that proper, amazing conclusion through Time Spent Driving. It feels atmospheric while still having this immaculate pop style least throughout it that really allows the mantra of Heart of Gold to shine one more time before the record finished. And having gotten through Beautiful Dangerous a few times already, um, is it the incredible body of work that I was hoping for? Probably not, but I think that this is a really strong showing by Michael. I, I think, if nothing else, we're able to see the versatility by him to be able to go from being as an ocean into Heart of Gold, and then I would imagine back into being as an ocean soon. Um... There's a lot to take away from this record. I think, you know, the singles were some of the bright points of the record, especially Headache. I know I gassed up Headache, like, a lot earlier, but I, I truly cannot emphasize enough, guys, just how much Headache meant to me, how much it still means to me, and how thankful I am to have had the song be, like, reintroduced into my stratosphere by getting Beautiful Dangerous last week. And there's definitely a lot here that I would say, you know... People do need to go check out Headache, Leave Just Yet, Bright Lights, Bad Habit, Patient. Um, th these songs are amazing and really show the strong points of Heart of Gold. And yeah, there were some moments on the record that show off the weaker ends, but ultimately, I want to really put over Beautiful Dangerous as being an album that is worth checking out. It's worth the time, and some of the songs here will get stuck in your fucking heads, and it's just the way it is. Let me talk about the new Pale Waves album called Unwanted. Pale Waves is not a new band by any means, nor am I new to them. But Unwanted did provide my first experience with a full record from them because up to this point, I had only really heard like a few singles here and there from the band, um, like Fall to Pieces from early 2021, for example. So with the singles for Unwanted, I started paying attention and that was warranted through the quality of what I was hearing like on Lies, which is really catchy and gives this pop punk energy that feels like it was plucked right out of the 2000s and that can also be heard on the other singles like reasons to live which has this giant chorus that really needs to be heard by oneself to fully take in um i love that we got the hard way as the last single beforehand because that track gave pale waves the space and time to show off a slower side to their act Although, by the end of that song, it does revert back to that, like, pop-punk-driven style, per se. Um, and then that brought me to the full record of Unwanted last week, and 
I'm kind of going to echo something similar to what I had said about the Fame on Fire album that I reviewed a few weeks ago. This was a massive and pleasant surprise because my expectations going into Unwanted were kind of non-existent outside of having the belief that I would at least like the album. I enjoyed the singles. There was no reason for me to think that Pale Waves were going to deliver something below acceptable, and they ended up just being just fucking exceptional at the end of the day. Um, I'm going to go ahead and praise my favorite song on the album, which is actually the slowest one here. Um, it's called Without You, and it's not only my favorite because of the change of pace provided, thus making it unique from everything else on the record, but it's also the way that it goes about handling this admittedly cliche pattern for pop punk and alternative rock bands that have chances of going badly, but Without You was such a fucking home run for Pale Waves, and it is one of the most somber songs I've heard all year from any band. I hit my microphone right now. I'm sorry. That's what that sound was. Um, just to take like a, the chorus from Without You. Without you, without you, because we're not who we used to be before. Without you, the world still spins. Without you, the day begins. Because the truth is, you're not here anymore. I guess I'll learn to carry on without you. Um, I think You're So Vain is another standout track, and that song contains this explosive chorus that is one of the best from not only this album, but the entire poll of what I was reviewing last week. Um, and, and then there are so many other tracks here that really do a great job at showcasing what poets are all about, like uh, Clean and So Sick of Missing You, and what Pale Waves is all about, ultimately, from what I could hear off of Unwanted, is fun, energizing, pop-punk slash alternative rock. And maybe there are a bunch of other acts that you guys can think of of like, oh, well, you know, I hear this band and they're doing that sound already really well. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that whatever band you're thinking of does the sound well, but understand that I'm really trying to say that Pale Waves, they're not pushing boundaries. They're not doing anything like super innovative, um, you know, just to kind of be transparent when it comes to like the pop punk genre and what other bands have been able to do this year. They're not San Atlantic. They're not yours truly, but they're Pale Waves. And that's enough for me to get on here and just, you know, sing their praises to the fucking skies and say that Unwanted is a near flawless record that people should be going out of the way to hear. And I don't know how many people are really going to get to hear Pale Waves on Unwanted, but this is a gem of a record. I really enjoy it. I've not been able to put it down for the last week. It is fucking quality. And I really, really, really want to emphasize that because, again, I feel like this will go under the radar, sadly. And then that's going to bring me into the final record for this episode. The split EP from Holding Absence and Alpha Wolf, The Loss and the Longing. So because this is a four-song EP, my rundown of it probably should be quick, but at the same time, 
This kind of is the first chance that I'm really getting at being able to talk about anything on The Lost and Longing because every time that a single for this EP was released, it happened to be done so in a week where I took a break and I wasn't doing an episode. So like when um, the first single, Aching Longing, dropped back in like the beginning or the middle of June, I believe it was, I didn't talk about it because I took some time off and then... Uh, you know, most recently last week, Coffin was the number one scenic overlook track for that week. I didn't do an episode, so I missed my chance to talk about it, but now I get that chance and I'm going to try to make the most of it. So Holding Absence and Alpha Wolf, on paper, it sounds fucking sick while also being a little bit confusing because I'm like, okay, how is this going to work? Because... It's not just that these two bands have two songs each on this four-track EP, but they lend their own talents to the opposing band. So, um, you know, for Alpha Wolf, there is a song, uh, it is the most recent single for the album, 60 Centimeters of Steel, featuring Lucas from Holding Absence. And then on the other end of that, Aching Longing featured Loki from Alpha Wolf. And then literally within seconds of hearing what those feature spots really sounded like, any doubt that I might have had in my head about this EP were like immediately just diminished and vanquished and exiled like into the fucking depths of hell. Um, everything about this EP works tremendously well. So you have the two holding absent songs, Aching Longing and Coffin. Aching Longing is, like, it's kind of fast-paced, it's energizing, it's more, um, like, um, heartbeat racing than what was present on The Greatest Mistake of My Life, which was the Holding Absence album from last year. I believe my eighth favorite record of the year, if I'm not mistaken, from the rankings in December. Um, Aching Longing is heart-wrenching, and I feel like that's the reoccurring theme with everything related to Holding Absence. This band manages to take any kind of a somber theme and just, like, rip out my intestines through everything that it does. Um, The last minute of Aching Longing, Honest to God, guys, might be my favorite moment from any song of the year so far. There's so much life to live, and I lost my lust for it. There's so much love to give, but I've given everything. Those lines being repeated over and over again at the end of that track, like, that has stitched itself into not only my brain, but also my heart. That entire section just fucking breaks me down and picks me back up all in the same breath, and it is genuinely, like, just one of the coolest things I've ever been able to hear in my entire goddamn life. Um, Coffin, that song is fucking insane. And, and I mean that in a manner of like, I am like analyzing so many sectors of my own personal life hearing the chorus of Coffin. I found love like a nail in a coffin and no one ever said that it would be this way and I found you at the bottom of burden and no one ever said it would be this way. Holding Absence is one of the most talented bands in the fucking world and I am kind of amazed by that given how I wasn't so sold or invested in 
their debut self-titled but then ever since um gravity was released back in march of 2020 just fucking dunk after dunk nothing but net for this band they are incredible like genuinely generational and you know that's not to say that the same thing can't be applied to alpha wolf alpha wolf is one of the like standout brightest bands in metalcore over the last number of years um their 2020 album a quiet place to die like it's honestly one of the best metalcore releases of the last five years or decade whatever length you want to span that discourse alpha wolf are incredible um 60 centimeters of steel which dropped uh sunday night i believe it was honestly just fucking flawless and the way that it carries over the like new metalcore tones found on a quiet place to die and factor in lucas delivery in the chorus and how that tied together everything happening with the loss and the longing and it made this collaboration make all of the sense in the fucking world and you know just to go ahead and mention the other alpha wolf song hotel underground this band cannot miss and it makes me even more excited to get you know more material from alpha wolf in the future more material from holding absence in the future this ep was an amazing idea and the execution of it is fucking masterful everything about the loss and longing works it shows off two of the brightest bands in the world right now in the most positive of manners most positive of lights um just there's so much that can be said about just four tracks that i'm not getting to right now and i'm missing because there's so much that's coming into my brain right now like the genius of 60 centimeters of steel intertwining with the genius of aching longing intertwining with the genius of coffin this ep is just generational and i think everybody whether you know of holding absence and alpha wolf already or not you need to make the time and the space for this ep the loss and the longing is fucking perfect and that's it that was every album and ep and single from last week for me to review and you know guys i I really don't like to take time away from this podcast i really don't like to let certain things get the better of me in my head but you know i am human and i'm a human who is flawed i'm a human who has you know illnesses and whatever you want to call those kinds of things and i I try not to use it as like an excuse because you know i feel like everybody deals with shit um but yeah just hopefully moving forward nothing like that will interfere with this medium again and if it does i apologize but again i'm really really trying my best thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and as always for better or worse let's make a scene (laughs) 